Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining with us today. Can you guys help me welcome everybody over at our Lighthouse Point location and everybody that's watching online? Come on, let's show them some love, Parkland. We love you guys. We're so glad you're joining with us today. And I'm excited for today. Um, I, I, I've, there, there are certain weekends, and, and as a pastor, I, I, this is just one of those weekends where I feel like I have a sense of expectation. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever come into a church service with a sense of expectation, but I feel like anytime you come with a sense of expectation is when a lot of times God shows up and shows off in some pretty profound ways. And so, so I'm believing, I, I, I'm just going to let you know, I'm believing that God's going to show up and show off in your life today. And, uh, and, and, so, and so here's what I want you to do. I want you to start to get a little sense of expectation as well. Just, just, just go, God, I know you're about to do something. I want in on it. Just, just go ahead and just make that your prayer. God, you, you about to do something. I want in on it. And if you don't want in on it, you can just sit there in your seat. That's fine too. Give me their portion in Jesus' name. And, um, anyways, be, before we dive into today, I, there's a couple things that they, they told me to announce. And I'm a great announcement person. So uh, here they go real quick. Uh, this Wednesday night, we have a worship night happening here at our park. <laughs> Okay, some people excited about worship night, um, and, and that's Lighthouse Point. You're invited to join us. It's, it's a time for us as a church to come together. It's just a night of worship. You're like, what, is, what happens there? Uh, what just happened? We just do a whole bunch of that, and uh, then we take communion together. It's awesome. You should come out if you can't. Too bad. Um, second thing is, is uh, on Monday, January 22nd, we have a CLA, that's our Coastal Leadership Accelerator uh, preview night. If you're interested in finding out more about that, if you feel like, man, I, I might have a call of God on my life, there, there, maybe there's something more for me when it comes to church and ministry, and I want to grow, and I want to learn leadership, and I want to grant expand my biblical knowledge and stuff. This is a great opportunity for you to come check out what Coastal Leadership Accelerator is about this. These couple of semesters that will help you grow in your leadership and your ability to lead other people when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's going to be happening at 7 p.m. right here at our Parkland location. We'd love for you to come out and be a part of that. It's going to be great. And then the last thing is I've had a lot of people ask over the last couple of weeks, hey, what happened with our legacy offering in December? And so I want to give you an update on our legacy legacy offering. Uh, this past December, we, we, we had uh, 456 families and individuals participate in our legacy offering, which is amazing that, yeah, like give it up for all those people. Like, thank you so much for all of those that participated in that and were a part of that. Man, you're helping to accelerate the vision of Coastal to go further, faster. And you guys gave above and beyond in that offering. You guys gave one million four. $484,417.36, which is absolutely amazing. It's just going to help us push the vision forward faster. In fact, we've, we've already done some remodeling at our Lighthouse Point location for our next gen ministry. We're going to start some remodeling here uh, for our kids ministry to make more rooms and just do more things because we got a lot of kids here. You guys, you guys like each other or something. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and uh, we, we have CLA, just a lot of things that we're able to do because of your generosity. And as your pastor, I just want to say thank you for being so generous. And thank you for, for helping us reach more and more people for Jesus. And, and so now we're going to dive into today. We're in week two 
of a series we are calling Pursuit, and we're talking about prayer. Because I believe that if this is going to be your best year ever, which I believe that for a lot of us, we are believing for 2024 to be our best year ever. If it's going to be our best year ever, it's got to be our best year ever spiritually. Like, it's got to start with us, and I think one of the most important aspects of our spiritual life is our connection to God. It's, it's our prayer life. And what I know about people is that a lot of people struggle when it comes to this thing called prayer because they don't know, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to say it? How long am I supposed to do it? Like, what does that look like? And, and what happens is, is we learn one way of praying, and because that's the only way we've learned how to pray, we do it over and over and over and again, and it becomes repetitious, it becomes mundane, it becomes boring, and pretty soon we're not enjoying prayer, and we're not really getting much out of it. And I don't want that for you, and I don't think that God wants that for you. He wants it to be enjoyable. He wants it to be uh, just an amazing experience for us. And we started off last week with this verse out of Ephesians chapter six, and it says this, pray in the spirit in every situation. Like meaning that, that like there are certain times that we all know that we should be, like when we go to church, we should pray. Before a meal, we should pray. And so we, we, we equate prayer with certain times or certain things that we do. But what I want us to get us in the mentality of is that prayer isn't supposed to happen at certain times. Prayer is supposed to be happening all the time. And so like prayer isn't just like we do this at mealtime, we do this at church, we do this before bed. No, no, no. God wants us to have the mentality like before we go into that meeting, we should pray. Like before we send our kids off to school, we should take a moment and pray. Like before we send or respond to that text or that email, we should take a moment and pray. And so we should be praying in every situation. And then he goes on to say this, and he says, and use every kind of prayer and request there is, to which some of you are like, I didn't know there were different kinds of prayer. Like, that didn't even go through my mind. But there are, and the Bible has a lot of different options and a lot of different things so that we can learn how to pray. And so in this series, what we're trying to do is we're trying to show you some different ways throughout scripture of different models and different patterns that were actually used in Bible so that you don't get stuck in a rut, you don't get into a mundane, boring relationship with God. And last week I gave you a pattern of prayer that was based on the Old Testament model of the tabernacle, which was the portable church that the children of Israel used in the desert as they were making their way to the promised land. And there were steps in there. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message online. I promise you it will be helpful for you. It will help you in your relationship with God. Uh, but this week, I want to talk to you about one of the most important ways that I personally like to pray. In fact, it's a way that I pray uh, a lot of the time when I am praying, and I actually learned this when I was 19 years old, I was working as an intern for a ministry called Team Mania Ministries, 
and we did these huge youth events all over the country, and I was tasked with writing devotionals for a devotional they were going to put out the next year at these youth events, and I, I came across this story in the Old Testament in First Chronicles that was just this random story that I, I wrote a devotional on, and I was sharing it with a girl that I worked with. Her name was Valencia Harvey. We actually called her Sister Word because every time you talked to her, uh, she would repeat a scripture back to you. Any, any conversation, like she had a scripture for it. We just, we were like, Sister Word, what do you think about this? And she'd be like, oh, this says this and this. And we'd be like, how do you know that? She's like, I've memorized the Bible. I'm like, you're crazy. Anyways, uh, and, and so, so she goes, oh man, that scripture, my pastor taught me a prayer based on that. Her pastor was named, his name was John Osteen. Uh, he pastored a church called Lakewood Church that now a really famous pastor named Joel Osteen pastors. And, uh, and so we learned this prayer. She taught it to me. And then my pastor's pastor taught it to me again. And it's, it's one of the most interesting prayers because it's found in the middle of a section of the Bible that you don't ever want to read. Like, it's found in the book of Chronicles, and if you've ever read a one-year Bible, like, the worst place to be in the one-year Bible is in, like, Chronicles, because it's just a genealogy of the children of Israel. It's like, so, Joseph begat this, and begat this, and they begat this, and they begat this, and in the middle of 600 begats, how many of you know that's a lot of begats, <laughs> like, 600 begats. There is this random two scriptures that don't fit. Like where God literally looks out and says, hey, there's something different about this. And he, and he actually tells something about one of the people that is in the genealogy. And it's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And it's in verse 9. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And so the story begins with his name, and his name literally means pain. Like, we don't know why she named him pain. We don't know if it was circumstantial. It's like the birth, like he was a big baby, and it was like pain. Or we don't know if, like, like, when he was born, he was just ornery, and she's like, this kid is a pain. You know, like, we don't know the reasoning behind the label, but you, can you imagine what it was like for this kid on the playground as a little kid? Hey, pain, what's your problem? You are a pain in the... Come on, you can imagine it. Like, people are pretty brutal. And so he's got this label of pain. And some of you know what that is like because you've been given a label. And based on the label you've been given, you've been walking out a script of life based on who they said you were. That name has actually labeled you. For some of you, that label is divorced. For some of you, that label is single. For some of you, that label is addict. For some of you, that label is bankruptcy. For some of you, that label is failure. For some of you, you're living the name depression. And you have a name that defines you, and this guy is like, I get it, my name is pain. And it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. I love this. And pain cried out. If you are praying and pain cries out to God, what do you think pain is going to talk to God about? 
You would think that he's gonna talk about his pain. You're gonna think he's gonna talk about his, his past. You're gonna think he's gonna talk about his problems. And listen, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but I'm just saying there maybe, just maybe, there's a better something than that. Because pain decided to cry out to the God of Israel, not about his pain, but about his promise. In fact, he prays and he never mentions his pain. He never mentions his past. He prays, oh, that you would bless me. In some translations, it says, oh, that you would bless me indeed with like five exclamation points after it. Like, God, you got something for me that I don't currently have, and I need you to put that into my life. I'm asking you to give it to me. And enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I don't have to focus on my pain, but I can focus on my promise. And if I focus on my promise, here's what will happen. Then I will be free from pain. And God in heaven is like, whoa. I haven't heard somebody pray like that in a long time and it says and God granted his request I don't know about you but when I pray the hope the ideal situation is is that God would grant my request it's why I pray By a show of hands here, how many of you pray so that God will ignore your request? Okay. So what was it about his prayer that maybe is different from your prayer and my prayer that God grants his request but maybe disregards ours? I want to give you four things that I think are, are super powerful just another way to pray, just giving you models, just giving you patterns, because I think God has some things that he wants for you. And it says, Jabez cried out, oh, that you would bless me indeed. The word there for bless is the word barach. And the word barach actually means that, that, that literally that God would scoop down into your life and place something in you that you don't currently have. And so, so his initial prayer is, God, God, would you, would, you, would you scoop down into my life and impart some things into me that I don't currently have that I need? His number one is this, is that you pray for blessing. Like, the God of heaven literally has things that you don't currently have that he wants to put into your life. And you go, God, I, God, would you give me those things? And I'm not talking about financial blessing, even though that might be a part of it. There are so many other things that God can bless you with. I think that, that, that we get 
We get so short-sighted when we think of blessing, we automatically think of financial things. And I think it's so short-sighted because God wants to bless us with so many better things than just financial things. He wants to bless you with ideas. He wants to bless you with healthy relationships. He wants to bless you in your personal health. He wants to bless you in, with, with favor in your life. He wants to bless you in so many different ways. And he actually wants you to have it. He wants you to have this blessing in your life. Psalm 18 says like this, you give me your shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. You actually stoop down to make me great. And I love that phrase because I can picture it in my mind. God just stooping down. And when, when God stoops down, he lifts you up. I don't know about you, but I could use some lifting in my life. Like, I think about this church all the time and I'm overwhelmed because like, I know me. You might not know, you, you, see, you see your perception of me from there, but I actually know me. Like I know where I came from, who I was born to. I know the, the addicts that I grew up with. I know the broken home that I came out of. I know all the schools that I got kicked out of. I know all the people I got rejected from, and I look around and I go, how in the world, God, are you doing all of this in life if it isn't your blessing on my life? Because I know me, and I can't do this. Like, I know my gifts. I know my talents. Mine is pretty limited. This is pretty unlimited. Like, like the only way I can be here is because of the blessing of God. And some of you are like, well, well, that's prosperity. No, 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 no. This is not prosperity. We're not a name and claim it. We're not a blab and grab. We're not health and wealth. That's not who we are. But I do think God has more for your life for you for a specific reason. Like God wants you to have more. And here's why. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. I will bless you. And the reason God is going to bless you is so that you will be a blessing to others. Like God needs you and I to have more, not so that you can have more. That is prosperity gospel. You need more so that you can have, you need another Bentley, you need another mansion, you need more money in the bank. That's prosperity. No, no, no. God wants you to have more so that you can do more, not just for yourself, but for others. He wants to be bless us so we can be a blessing to the world around us. And he's not just looking for people just to give to, but he's looking for people who we can give through. He's looking for people that can actually be a funnel for his kingdom. And when, I, when Shayla and I started this church, I remember pray, praying to God, God, don't make us just a church that makes it. Like, don't let us just survive week to week to week. Like, I want us to be a church that has more than enough so that we can be a blessing to the world around us, so that we can be a church that we can, we can fund local missions projects, that when missionaries show up here and say, we've got a need for a conference, we'll just write a check for 75 grand and not even think about it, that we'll give away hundreds of thousands of dollars without blinking an eye for the broken and the desperate and the needy and the lost and the hurting 
because we're a church that we're not just going to see me needs met here, but we're going to send resources all over the world, all throughout the Middle East and Africa and Asia. We're going to go reach people in South America with the gospel of Jesus Christ because he's given us so much. We're required to be blessings to other people. And I'm grateful. I love being generous. And I think sometimes you got to stop praying for your needs and go, God, I need you to give me more than I need. Not so I can have more, but so I can be a blessing to the world around me. And here's the prayer that I pray, Lord, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. It's this blessing concept. I'm praying it over our church. I'm praying it over your life. I pray it over my life. Because I want you to think about this. If God answered every one of your prayers that you're praying right now, would it change the world or just change your world? Because if it's only changing your world, then your prayers are too small. And I believe that when we start praying this prayer, church, you got to start to dream. you got to start to dream big dreams for God. Not just big dreams for you. We want you to have big dreams for you, but you got to pray big dreams for God. Mark Batterson says this, if the size of your dream isn't intimidating to you, there's a good chance it's insulting to God. Some of us, the smallness of what we're looking at is insulting to God. And he's going, man, I got something bigger for you. It's time. Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. There's more. There's more. And so I pray, God, bless me. And I love what Jabez says. He says, enlarge my territory. So what you do with the blessing, number two, you got to pray for influence. Every day I pray for blessing, and then I pray for influence. Because I know my own capacity, and it isn't enough. But I'm constantly asking God, God, would you stretch me? Would you enlarge me? Would you put me in spaces and places that I don't need to be in so I can grow? Can, I, you, can you expand my thinking? Can you expand my faith? Can you stretch me in other areas? Can you put me in places that are bigger than me? And I think this is so important for us to realize that God has a life that is available to you that is way bigger than you. It is so much bigger than what you are currently experiencing. And sometimes I think we have to let that sink in for a moment. Some of the reason, your, for some of you, the reason your life isn't as fulfilling as it should be is because your life is all just about you. But if you ever realize that there was more that God wanted to do, that there was more influence that he had for your life, it would begin to motivate you and begin to realize that, man, there's something greater out there that I am to go for, and that is to influence other people on, in this world. One of the things I've realized is, is that some of the happiest people in the world aren't people that don't have problems. The happiest people that I know are people that are living out purpose. 
They're living out a life that is bigger than themselves. They're like, I'm living for something that is greater than me, and I could do more, I can see more, I can achieve more. In fact, this is, this is what I pray over every business. I have a business leaders group on Thursday mornings when we do our connect group season, and I tell them in the beginning of the semester, they don't even realize it. I go, man, I want you to be blessed so you can be a blessing, and here's what I'm praying for God to do, that he would give you influence, not so that you can be at the top of your industry for your sake, but so that when you get to the top of the industry, everybody will come to you and go, what's your secret? And you better tell them your secret is the power of Jesus Christ working in your life. Second Corinthians says it like this, our hope is that your faith increases and our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. It's my prayer is that your influence will be greatly enlarged so we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. And here's the problem with this kind of prayer. Most of us don't do this because we think of only what we can do on ourselves. We analyze everything according to our gifts, our talents, our resources, our abilities, our current influence. But this prayer is not about your current reality. It's about the reality of what happens when God begins to move through you and work in you. And so this kind of prayer gives us faith to realize that God can do way more than we can imagine. It's Ephesians chapter three prayer to the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can even ask or imagine. According to whose power? Come on, according to whose power? It's about his power. It's not about you. It's not about your gifts and your abilities because God isn't about you getting lifted up. It's about him being magnified through your life. He wants you to go, man, I don't know how I'm here, but God did something. He wants to get some credit in our lives. And I'm just telling you, to pray this kind of prayer, man, it builds excitement in your life. What it does is it gets you focused off the pain because you're starting to believe in the promise. And so here's my prayer, Lord, enlarge me so I might reach the full potential of your plan for my life. Enlarge me. Because once you're blessed and God's giving you influence, I'm just telling you right now, you're gonna need him to show up more than ever before. Because you, you'll start to realize that what God is calling you is too big without God's help. Like, I, I'm just telling you, you're looking at one of the most desperate people on the planet for the presence of God. Like, I am desperate for God. You, you want to know why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting in January and then 21 days of prayer in August? It's not because I like prayer. It's because I know that without God, we're screwed. Like, if God's presence isn't in the middle of this, if you ever just heard me preach a sermon, you'd be like, that guy sucks. He's terrible. Why did we ever let him be the pastor? No, no, no. Why? Because we need the presence of God. Jabez prayed this prayer. Oh, that your hand would be with me. His hand is God's power and presence. And so here's what I pray. I pray, God, I need your presence. I pray for presence. Because what you asked me to do is too big, and I need your hand. 
Acts 11.21 says the Lord's hand was with them. And here's what happens when God's hand is on you. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Only because the Lord's hand was with them. Like, I think about this all the time. I remember when I tried to pastor this church in my strength and my ability and my gifts and my talents. This was a church of 300 people. And the reason thousands of people show up here today isn't because of great music or really good preaching or a really good-looking bald pastor. It's not a joke. Just let me believe. It's an influential prayer right there. It isn't because we're great. It's because we serve a great God. It's the greatness of God. Because if he doesn't, like, listen, we don't, Shayla and I, we, we never pastored a church this size before. We don't have any idea what we're doing. We don't want you to know that. <laughs> but we're like, God, please show up. Help me. You ever seen Kevin Hart? Help me. You're like, that's, 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 that's what, help me, God. Like, Because with blessing comes opportunity. With opportunity comes desperation. You need to be desperate for God. I, there's, it's in the Old Testament. There's this moment where Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And God's like, you and these people just go. And Moses, Moses prays this prayer to God. That I think is a prayer we should pray every day. And he says this in, in Exodus chapter 33. He says, if your presence does not go with us, like, God, if you're not going to roll with us, we ain't going. Like, every day we should wake up and we should go, God, like, if you're not in this, I'm not moving. He says, don't send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me Unless you go with us. How will anybody in the world know any difference in your life and the other person's life if it isn't for the presence of God? He says, what else is going to distinguish me and your people from everybody else? I think this is a prayer that every day we would, before you send your kids, God, if your presence doesn't go with them, like before you get in that business deal, God, if your presence isn't in this deal, like, before, before you do anything, you should be like, God, I'm not moving unless your presence is leading me and guiding me and going with me. I want this more than anything else. We got to get desperate, church, for the presence of God. Like, it's great to be competent and qualified and, and really awesome, but God wants to be great through you. 1 Corinthians says it like this, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence. Where does it come from? It comes from the presence of God. So here's my prayer. Lord, anoint me because what you've called me to is too big for me. Blessing, influence, presence. 
Lord, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing and increase my influence so I can live this life that is bigger than my potential. Because it's bigger, I need you to anoint me and show up because what you've called me to is so huge. Listen, this is simple prayer. And if you pray those things, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, as you pray that, all hell is going to break out loose in your life. Like, it's about to get cray-cray in your life because there is an enemy that is going to come up against you. The moment you start walking in God's purpose and plan and influence and blessing and his presence, the enemy is going gonna to rise up and be like, we've got to put a stop to that. And so here, here, here's, what, here's what Jabez prayed. Oh, that you would keep me from evil. He, he, he goes, man, I, I, I got I to pray for something here because I'm going to need something in my life. And here's what he prayed for. Number four, he prayed for protection. I simply pray those words, blessing, influence, presence, protection. And when you do, you're going to experience an attack from the enemy like never before. And I'm just going to let you know, like Shayla and I, we've been under severe spiritual attack here over the last 30 days or so. Now, I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm just saying that because, like, the reality is, is when you start stepping into the things of God, like, the enemy is going to do everything that he can. Like, I actually think it's a compliment when the enemy attacks. Like, I, I'm excited because here's what I know. If the enemy is attacking, then I'm stepping in God's will. Listen, if the enemy isn't attacking your life, you might not be in God's will. You might be in your will. And he doesn't need to attack you when you're in your will because you're doing your own thing. You're not doing God's thing. Listen, the enemy is going to come against you. And I know some of you don't, you don't like talking about the devil. We don't talk about that. But just because you don't talk about it doesn't make him go away. Like you have an enemy. First Peter says like this, the devil is a roaring lion. He is seeking whom he may devour. So what he's doing is he's, he's lurking, he's hiding, and he's just waiting to pounce on you. He's waiting to jump on you. He's waiting to grab you. Well, I don't like that, TJ. Doesn't matter. Don't be naive. Like, we've got an enemy. And you know how we defeat the enemy? We defeat the enemy with a name that is above every other name, the name that holds power and dominion and authority on this earth. It is the name of Jesus Christ our Lord that added his name, that every knee will bow. It's the, knee that it's the name that defeated death, hell, and the grave. It is the most powerful name. It's the name that he said, all authority has been given unto me, and now I give it to you. And so that means in the morning, parents, before your kids go out, you take a moment, you lay your hands on their head, and you go, God, man, I pray for these children right now. I thank you for the gifts that they are. God, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you give them influence today in their classroom. Let them be the leaders of that room, not the followers. God, would your presence go with them? And I plead the blood of Jesus over their life right now. I rebuke the enemy for coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I thank you that they are the head and not the 
tail, that they are above and not beneath. And God, I pray that you would prosper them. And I'll take authority right now. We got to get our confidence back a little bit. Church, we've been timid for way too long. Oh, well, that's just not a very nice prayer. No, no, no. We need, to, we need to buck up a little bit. It's time for us to go kick the enemy's donkey. Biblical terms. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans tells us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No, in all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors. Not through ourselves, but through him who loved us. So every day I pray, blessing. Bless me. So I can be a blessing to the world around me. Lord, give me influence. Help my life to be bigger than my own. But God, just don't send me out with a big plan. God, I, I need your presence. I need you to anoint my life. And then I'll, I'll pray a hedge of protection around me. And I pray this prayer, Lord, strengthen me in and rescue me from every attack of the enemy. If I'm in the middle of an attack, I'm going I'm to need you to show up and rescue me. But if there hasn't come attack yet, man, let's set up, let's set up, let's set up the tanks. Let's set up the, the angels' armies. Let's get it ready. Because I, I need some protection. That's how I pray. I just thought it might help you. Because here's what I know. You have two choices in prayer. You can make prayer time all about you and what you want to talk about and talk about you, your past, your pain, your problems. Or you can talk about what God wants to talk about. And instead of your pain... You can talk about your promise. You can talk about your potential. You can talk about his power and his presence working in your life. And when you go into prayer, don't go in with, God, I need you to get focused on me. And that's what most people naturally do. God, I, I need the attention. I need the focus. I need everything on me. But instead, focus on the fact, God, you've got something for me. You've got blessing. You've got influence. You've got presence. And you've got protection. And here's what I say all the time. Prayer isn't about God moving towards us. See, God already moved towards us 2,000 years ago when he gave the greatest gift, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. He made the move. He already came. Prayer is about us moving towards God. And for some of us today, we need, to, we need to take a step towards God. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. And I want to pray for us right now. If everybody would just bow their heads and close their eyes and just kind of get in a posture of receiving with maybe your hands open. God, I'm just praying right now. I'm just asking that you would bless these people in this church. 
God, that you would bless their marriages and bless their kids and bless their finances and their health and their careers and their emotions. God, I'm just asking that you would stoop down and put your hand in the middle of their situation and help them to receive some things that maybe that maybe you've been holding out on. God, that, that today would be the day that they would receive all that. God, that you have more for them and you don't just have more so they can consume it themselves, but you have more so they can be a blessing to this world. And God, I pray to every voice that can, with my voice, to every person out there that can hear me, every man, woman, and child, God, that you would give them influence. God, that you would give them influence in their schools, that you would give them influence in their workplaces, that you would give them influence in their homes and with their families like never before. God, that you would drop a vision within each and every one of them that is so much greater and so much bigger than what they can comprehend or see themselves. And they wouldn't rely on themselves to fulfill it, but God, they would go, no, God, I'm desperate for your presence, God. If your presence does not go with me, I'm not going to move one iota from this place. And God, I pray that we would be a presence-driven people, that we would seek your face with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with every ounce of who we are. And God, that your hand of protection would be over our lives. God, whether we're in the middle of a battle or we're about to go in one, God, we rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. We take authority over the enemy and we say, you have no authority in this place by the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for me. God, I thank you right now for who you are and how you're moving in our lives and how you're gonna bless and influence and have your presence go with us and protect us. But God, I also know that there's some people in this room that God, you've moved towards them, but they've yet to move towards you. That they're sitting there and they're going, man, I haven't experienced blessing and influence and protection in God's presence. And more than anything today, the blessing that you need is the blessing of new life. You've been struggling, you've been going your own way, you've been trying to do your own thing. And, and God so loved you, he saw you in the middle of that. John 3, 16, he says, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. That you shouldn't have to go through that. You shouldn't have to perish. But you can experience something more, an eternal life. And that while we were jacked up and messed up, that Christ died for us. And the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, that we can be saved, we can be reunited and reconnected in relationship. And maybe there's some, someone or some people out there that need to do that for the first time or the first time in a long time. And it begins with a simple yet significant prayer of surrender. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to pray with you. If you just slip your hand up on the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip your hands up. Yes, I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six. People put hands up all over the place. Come on, put them up. Six, seven, eight, nine. Up there in the balcony, 10, 11. I see, man, just, just lots of people. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it aloud, say, God, thank you for your gift of your son, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. I surrender my will and I surrender my way to the lordship of your son, Jesus Christ. Come into my life, take over. Thank you for loving me. I choose to follow you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those people that just made that decision.